The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode of the Cover 3 Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate. Best time of the week. Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, because just like we give you our locks all through the regular season, we are also going to get you locked and loaded for the next set of bowl games. That's right. It's part two of our Bonanza 12 games that we are going to be breaking down. For those of you keeping track at home, uh, it is everything from the Boca Bowl coming up on Thursday night all the way through the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which will be on the 26th. Uh, the 26th, by the way, the next time that we will be back with you uh, to give you the next set of Bowl Nanza. But it is not what we are leading the show with because um, there Actually, is... Chip, Chip, Chip. Yeah. Before, before we get to that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just I, I missed you guys, and I kind of got inspired this week. So you know, I haven't. We, we were together on Monday, but then we didn't get together yesterday, and I was feeling kind of lonely. And I was inspired by Dylan Rayola, so oh. I, I wrote a poem for you guys in the show. Oh, if, great. Is it okay if I read it? Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, in the realm of whispers and sports delight, where pigskin tales take flight, there echoes a podcast cover three named where grid, gridiron dreams and stories are framed. 
Four voices converge, a symphony of insight. On the airwaves, their passion takes flight. With wisdom and wit, they dissect the game. In the Cover 3 podcast, football finds its fame. First down, they break through the defensive line, analyzing plays with expertise so fine. The hosts, like quarterbacks, orchestrate the show, a gridiron dance where insights freely flow. In the huddle of banter, laughter's the play. Echoes of camaraderie brighten the day. Diving deep into stats and player lore, Cover 3 unfolds, revealing so much more. Zone coverage of topics from end to end, they tackle the issues like a true football friend. X's and O's, strategy laid bare. In the podcast arena, no one compares. Through the airwaves, the stories unfold. In the Cover 3 podcast, a saga retold. From touchdowns celebrated to fumbles and strife, they navigate the game, the rhythm of life. So let the anthem of football resound in the Cover 3 podcast where insights abound. A poetic playbook, a thrilling tale in the end zone of podcasts. They never fail. And like Dylan Rayola, I totally wrote that poem myself. <laughs> so is that the allegation that the Dylan Rayola? It's uh, not an allegation. Go, <laughs> go to chat GPT and say, write a poem about Dylan Rayola going to Nebraska. And it's going to give you about seven of the same lines. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, you know, I, I guess when you've been at four different high schools, you get pretty good at using chat GPT, you know, just to make sure that you can continue to <laughs> pull together all the, all the assignments that you need. Much love to you, Dylan. Uh, good luck with the, uh, with the corn huskers. Yeah. Big uh, headline. If you want some of the uh, National Signing Day reactions, Bud and I did break down a bunch of those. We tackled uh, a lot of the the big uh, SEC, the Big Ten storylines, Miami, uh, Florida State, uh, Notre Dame, uh, sort of getting into both players, teams, big picture stuff, individual stuff. It was it was good good to be able to uh, get a, a insight into what the future looks like. And speaking of the future. We got news on Thursday morning that Florida State has called a board meeting for Friday where it is reported that they are expected to begin the process of challenging the ACC's grant of rights. Bud Elliott on uh, the Cover 3 podcast has indicated, I expect the FSU Board of Trustees to approve a legal filing Friday, the first step in an exit from the ACC. Bud! Oh, you're here! Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> I, just, I, was, I was reading your reporting, and I was like, oh, God, you know what? Like, I, I should probably ask him. So, um when we got off the show, full transparency here, you ha- had gotten some indication that s- this we were moving in this direction for something to happen this week, specifically on Friday. Now that we've gotten a lot more, not only the uh, board meeting on the calendar, but some additional reporting around the Florida State's thinking, including from yourself, uh, what do you see? Can you Can you set us up and then we'll dive into the next steps? Yeah. So last night, and by the way, just uh, I'm on an AirPod here because my computer uh, has died. So on the Christmas list from CBS, I'm going to need a new laptop and I'm going to need a hotspot. So Patesh, let's get on it, man. Um, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but, but hey, it's good. Good schedule. Late flight out. if You got to shoot some VODs and whatnot and make some appearances. So um, I thought this was going to go down on the 8th and Florida State pushed it, I think, to push it past uh, signing day. Yeah, so Florida State uh, does not want to be in the ACC. They view it as, I think, like an anti-competitive league going forward. And I think that they're fully of the belief that there's basically two leagues going forward. And they want to be a part of one of those two leagues eventually. Uh, the Board of Trustees has to approve legal action for, you know, and so that is the, the formality. The board will meet tomorrow. My expectation is that they will approve 
a lawsuit against the ACC. Uh, part of that will be uh, that they are seeking declaratory judgment that the grant of rights is invalid and unenforceable, which seems kind of crazy to think that would actually happen. However, we can't fully know that because nobody has ever actually challenged a grant of rights. Uh, FSU's lawyers, as well as Clemson's lawyers and a couple other teams have been to the ACC uh, multiple times to view the document. Due to uh, basically trying to make an end run around sunshine laws, the conference does not allow schools because they're public schools and they're subject to public records request uh, to actually have a physical copy of the uh, the grant of rights. So they've had to visit multiple times, you know, to Charlotte ACC headquarters to see the document. My thought is like, wear some Google Glass so you go home with the recording. But you know, that's a Connor uh, Stallion's thought right there. That, that yeah. is. <laughs> um, all right, but quick question for you, though. So I am under the impression that this legal, like for the board meets to approve a legal challenge. The legal challenge is to the grant of rights, which then kickstarts not like this is not specifically them approving an exit from the ACC. This is Correct. approving a legal challenge so they can get more clarity on how much it is going to cost and what hoops they have to go through to leave the ACC. Yes, correct. So depending on the outcome on the first part, which honestly, like if I'm them, I'm probably suing on, on multiple grounds here with, with multiple different things. We'll see on the declaratory judgment uh, what what that'll, that'll happen uh, if, if they get that or not. But um, th this will determine the number, right? What, what What's the true exit price? Maybe it's zero. I kind of doubt that, to be honest, uh, but I can't fully rule it out because again, Nobody has actually cha uh, you know, challenged a grant of rights before. Um, I think there are a number of issues here that will probably come up. And most, like if I had to peg the most likely outcome here, in my opinion, and I haven't seen the filing and I haven't seen the merits. So, you know, again, we're, we're kind of flying blind here on this. My guess is they will get somewhat of a reduced number and then leave the league. From there, they would finance that number via some private equity connections that they have uh, private equity views college football as a real investment opportunity. They, they think it's it's priced extremely cheap relative to some other pro sports leagues like the NFL, for instance. Um, and then we would see where they go from there. Um, emptying the notebook. Does that mean they go to the SEC or the Big Ten? I really don't know at this point. I think um, you know there is some chance that they could uh, go to. I think something fundamentally changed with some of Florida State's power players the other day um, when they when got they started. got left out. Yeah, and I and, and that is KJ Bolden. It was probably not, but I mean, hey, like like I'm, I'm sure they get negatively recruited like crazy about being in the ACC compared to the SEC. Like that that is definitely a thing. Um, there was a group of people at FSU who I know who were very much like it's SEC or nothing, and I think they changed. I think they're like, no, now it's just get out. Like, this is not a serious football league moving forward. It's not a power league. And I mean, heck, the uh, what uh, what the uh, playoff commissioner said, you know, kind of reflected that with the whole so-called power five comment that he made in, in response to Senator Rick Scott the other day. Um, could you have to go independent for a year, potentially, to create more separation and you know, kind of disentanglement? Potentially, because, of course, with ESPN, there is the issue of, ESPN having the ACC's rights and the SEC's rights, it would look uh, odd if you join the SEC immediately after leaving the league. So I think there are a lot of options um, on the table here, but I, 
ultimately, I just had not expected that the shooter remain in the ACC. Um, I think everybody in the league was like, all right, put up or shut up. Do you actually really want to do this? Be the first to do so. And then we'll see who else follows. Interesting. Well, I mean, we're also talking about a different timeline here. Like I, it, yeah. a legal challenge to the grant of rights then kickstarts the court process. And my expectation is that's like, what, four to six months before we even get any kind of ruling on that? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're out next year, clearly, right? Um, you, you would have to have already posted notice. Um, the earliest they could be out would be, would be for the 2025 season. That still, to me, seems fast, but obviously... Same. I don't think anybody thought they were going to file this up until two weeks ago. I didn't think they were going to you know, file a, a legal challenge before Christmas. Uh, so, you know, to me, that's th this thing does seem to be moving faster than I expected overall. Um, so I can't fully rule out that they'll be out of the ACC in a year. So the only thing that's changed is there's more. I mean, obviously, there's more desire, but Florida State has made it. And they've not kept it a secret. They want out. Like what's changed? Just they're willing to try to try this legally. I mean, that's essentially what's changed. I think willing to do something official in public, right? Is is like a true like like okay, you guys are actually going to go through the conference. Yeah, we're going to actually go through the conference. It's like I think it it shows a level of seriousness uh, to your actions to the other members of the conference who would be likely targets. Well, what do y'all think about this? I also think that the Big Ten and the SEC are not going to extend an invitation until they know that Florida State's got legal clearance. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know, they don't want to be on the other end of a lawsuit taking on all this legal baggage. So Florida State needs to there if if there are back channel conversations between Florida State and the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, it is my educated guess that everything says no invitation until you clean your house up and make the path clear. You remove obstacles, you figure out what it's going to cost, you raise that money, then we can start to, you know, think about our relationship moving forward, but you've just got too much baggage right now. And so challenging the grant of rights if anything else just brings clarity to what seems to be an obscure number of what it would cost actually to be able to leave the conference. Have you heard anything about the Big 12 with Florida State? Um no, but I'm sure the Big 12 uh with its media leaks would like to, to for that to be considered as an option but no i have not I, danny, didn't that make little i don't think sense? yeah did i don't think say, the, did somebody say that to you danny yes that's why yes, i've heard that it might have been the same person right but i don't i don't think i believe it like i'm like it no. doesn't make a whole lot of sense if, like, if you don't consider the hc a serious league why in the hell would you consider the big 12 seriously none of those teams compete for whatever she's trying to compete for uh the Nelly only advantage time <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only advantage would be if you can't win this grant of rights and somehow you're able to get out of the ACC and go to the Big 12 from somehow some deal that is cut, your TV deal would be up sooner, right? And then you could possibly be open to go wherever you want in five or six years when all these TV deals are up again. That's the way I'm reading it. But again, I don't think it makes much sense. Yeah. The Brett Yormark as the maverick who's going to break everything and rebuild everything, I think that you'd be hitching not necessarily to the Big 12 specifically, but to his aggressive behavior in the conference landscape. Just the idea that you might have, I don't know, a, a better chance of not getting locked into something that's lasting until 2036. Right. Let's pull the Knowles. You guys have no sway. Where would you rather go, the Big 10 or the SEC? All things equal. Yeah. What'd he say? SEC? 
He said all things equal. And then what? I don't know. <laughs> you got uh, muted. I'm asking, like, are, 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 are yeah, all things all equal? Things is what I'm just, asking. It's which league would you rather be in? I think you'd rather be in the SEC. You, you, you have nat- more natural geographic rivalries to be able to, to drive to, uh, and, and like you're around more people who are in the SEC. Daniel? I mean, we are a finer academic institution. I hate to be that dragged down by the SEC. Um, no, I think I've said this a long time. The SEC is a better fit, clearly. Uh, there's already built-in rivalries. You already play Florida every year. They used to play Auburn. They played Bama. Uh, and I get like you've had some games against Big Ten opponents, but I, I honestly don't care. You know, I, I wonder if there's any aspect, because, I mean, you know, if you're upset at ESPN – if you had e- everything's equal, do you say screw ESPN? I'm going to go play for Fox. You know, I, is there any personal animus in there? Is it easier? You know, in the Big Ten, do you just go for that one and say, hey, maybe it's easier to win that, but it's not getting much easier with those four new schools coming in. So I would say either one you take. You know, and don't get it twisted. The television networks will have a say. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that we. What we are seeing right now, what we will see on Friday at the Board of Trustees meeting, uh, what whatever kind of legal action, if it is officially filed on Friday, you know, maybe it is, you know, the meetings at 10 a.m., maybe then they they file it in court that afternoon. The process is kickstarted, but we are uh, still, in by my mind, a couple steps away from any kind of end game in terms of Florida State and finding a new home. Is that a is that a fair read of this? We think. Because then the next steps then are like, okay, well, if you're Florida State and you've gone through all this effort and, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC, they, they you finally have cleared things out. You've gotten all the money. You figured out how you're going to do it. Well, now are, are you going to get a full full cut? Or are you going to have to take a sweetheart deal like Oregon and Washington did? You know, you're the one from a negotiation standpoint, you don't have any leverage. You know, you're breaking your way out and saying like, please, somebody, hey, you're saying like, please come pick me up, you know? I actually think you might have some leverage. And here's how. You're one of the last, like, like the few premium properties out there who's not spoken for. You know, could the SEC have had an interest in Oregon and Washington? In theory, sure. But there were some real complications with that. If you're free and clear, you're like, hey, I, I, I just paid this thing off. I can go wherever I want. Um do I think ultimately you would have to take a, a reduced cut to start out? Yeah. And I think you're like, cool, finance it, right? Right. Uh, that's, what the, but, that's what the private equity is for. Yeah. And you, you set but, up something like SMU did, where you're like, well, we got money. Like, But this could absolutely set up a bidding war, right? Does the SEC, despite the fact, like clearly the SEC is not going to extend Florida State an offer while it's a member of the ACC, given that they're both, like both conferences are essentially owned by ESPN. Correct. Like that, that would just be, that's bad business. But if they're free and clear, the SEC is going to have to make a decision. Okay. When the Big Ten comes for, for FSU, do they want to play some defense? Do you really want the, the the Big Ten footprint to extend down into Florida, into the Carolinas? Right. We don't know. Uh, my guess is the SEC probably doesn't want that, but to how, to what extent? How much are you willing to pay to prevent that? So do I think, Best guess is they would have to take a, a reduced amount, but it's a total guess, man. Like I can't rule out a bidding war for you know one of the last few properties that would form the Super League. 
I just think it's all uh, this is crazy. Because uh, I think if, if Florida State wins, what does it mean next? You know, for the ACC, are they all of a sudden pilfered? Do other schools go as well? Well, win, wins on what? On, on on the declarative action or on on like a, a, a bigger lawsuit? I guess both. You know, I guess well, it'd be if Florida State can find their way out and other schools start. Because you think Clemson's going to sit there and stay behind? Of no, they'll let Florida State go first. If right. They, if they win on a deck action, you got a lot of schools out there like, oh, snap. Uh, and those schools are named like Mississippi State, Indiana, right? South Carolina. Like all those schools that currently make a lot more than they actually bring to their conferences. If those grant of rights aren't enforceable, you got Ohio State thinking, why are we taking the, an equal cut with everybody else? Like, I, if now granted, this is why I, I think it's extremely unlikely that they actually win on, on the deck. I, yeah, I, I think that it's like legally, there have been too many people that have studied this thing to believe that it would be as simple as, um, you know, dropping right. it in there and winning. This is just going to be a war of attrition that costs a bunch of money in the long run until somebody finally breaks. That's all it's going to be. Mm. So Friday, 10 a.m., Board of Trustees meeting. We expect that that will be approving some legal action, and uh, and that is the first step in trying to get some clarity in terms of the the actual path for Florida State to get out of the uh, the ACC. And uh, shout out to from the tailgate. This is an old this is an old cliche, but one that still rings true. The only winner in situations like this are billable hours. Bud, you you left the legal profession. To come be with us. <laughs> oh, you could be rich. You could be rich with this billable <laughs> hours. Uh, but we appreciate your uh, legal expertise here. All right, bud. Now we're going to need your betting expertise. So go ahead and put them on because coming up on the other side, we get it going with the next round of Bonanza. Next. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. Let's get the Bonanza started with the game on Thursday night. Let the early birds come and eat. Syracuse going up against South Florida. We got uh, Cousin Nunzio 
Get, get, getting out there for th- this cousin man, is he? <laughs> he is somebody's cousin. All right. He has been, he has been an interim coach for Rutgers. He has been an interim coach for Syracuse. You need an interim coach. Nunzio is ready to, uh, to come and do it. Now, Garrett Schrader, not going to play in this game for the orange. He, uh, announced that he underwent shoulder surgery to repair an injury that he's had for weeks, played through it. Cause he's got guts. Well, that's, you know, I don't know if y'all saw Carlos Del Rio Wilson play, uh, play quarterback for Syracuse this year, but something about his, like, I think three touchdowns to eight interception ratio. Uh, it's not too great. We might see some wildcat from the orange as well. On the other hand, uh, we've got a UCF team that can fill it up offensively behind Byron Brown. One of the most prolific single seasons in UCF football history for the, uh, the freshman quarterback, but it's also a defense that ranks, I don't know, outside of the top 125 in many significant metrics. So uh, Syracuse offense that has been stripped of its quarterback going up against a defense that gives everything up. Um, the the Syracuse team in general is a little bit, uh, you know, hamstrung by injuries and transfer portal exits. We're excited about the future, Danny, with Fran Brown. But uh, but what do we expect from Syracuse and USF at a game? You're going to go and uh, check out yourself. I got a crew of about 10. No going. way. Let's go. Fathers. Sons and daughters, because I bring in my daughters. I'm going with two other dads to bring in their boys. Uh, can't wait. Excited. Boca Ball always puts on a pretty good show. Um, the, like every bowl, what? How do you look for an edge? Like, what do you think will happen here? I do want. I, I, I was wondering about this philosophy the other day. Like, you do know who your head coach is going to be moving forward. Fran Brown is going to be there. Maybe not Luke Fickle with the headsets coaching, but he's given his space to let their interim coach go. But he's infused some life into this program. So the players that are on the field, I do think they're going to be playing hard. And I think they're going to try to run the football a lot. I think this is where you see a, you know, I know we look at the Power Five and ACC and say, well, they're not that great. But I do think they'll have more depth and more size and be able to run the ball against South Florida. So I would expect that. You mentioned the Wildcat. I would expect a whole lot of that too. Uh, But I don't think it's going to be easy. I mean, USF is a team that had one of the four best teams on the ropes earlier this season in Tampa at Raymond James. So we'll see if they can keep it close. It's a, it's a 2028 ACC game. Ha! <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't bet this game was stolen money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, I, so we're going to have Syracuse running this Wildcat stuff. Almost the entire Syracuse coaching staff has already has jobs elsewhere. I'm sure they're focused on on new things, right? USF's got some guys in the portal. They were really banged up on the back end and on the offensive line to, to end the year. I don't know if those guys are playing. Um, USF's defense, you could run any offense and would score on them this year, which is why Q's is still favored you know, by three and a half. Um, I, I don't know. I had a buddy text me about this morning. He's like, what would you bet in this? I'm like, I, I wouldn't. Like, th- there's no mystery. We, we know – the quarterbacks for, for Qs are out. That's not an edge to know that. Like it's it's a disadvantage if you don't know, but like the whole market's known for 10 days. So I, I I'm not saying like that that Syracuse red side, but I'm on the under. I just I mean it's yeah. I, I don't think either offense is gonna have a great night. And South Florida's defense hasn't been good, but I do feel like 
if you're just running a wildcat and you can't throw, it becomes easier to play defense. Just remember the Alabama game when they knew Alabama wasn't going to be able to throw on them. They looked okay that night. So, uh, yeah, under is what I think is the best play. If I was taking a side. Bulls. Bulls, I guess. Bulls. Just because, yeah, like, I, but not even, but I have absolutely no real level of confidence who's going to win. I just, I'm much more confident, and by much more, I mean like a 7% level of confidence that it's going to be below 56. <laughs> USF has not been to a bowl game since 2018. In the previous three seasons, they had four wins combined. <laughs> You've got... Like, obviously, you know, the big joke is that South Florida is in Tampa. Tampa is not South Florida. But you at least do have some some buzz behind this Bulls program where I do think that there'll be a, a decent crowd, um, you know, there to root on this program that in year one under Alex Glesh, like, I don't know, arguably exceeded expectations. I would have guessed their preseason win total is probably four and a half, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it was six. So, um, vibes GPT says bulls plus three and a half. Take the points. Let's do it. All right. Friday oh, night in crimson. Sorry. What? You said vibes GPT. So I said in, in the crimson. Okay. more, more of the Dylan Riola, uh, Dylan Riola poetry. Like, have I, you ever heard of Oklahoma referred to as the crimson and cream before? Yeah. I don't know. Or Nebraska. What? I it's just, yeah, it's, Hmm. <laughs> a yeah, odd, little odd. Yeah, somebody somebody shared a horrific uh, AI generated painting of uh, the Beatles. There were like five of them, and they all looked like a combination of George and Paul and John at different ages. <laughs> um, all right, the Gasparilla Bowl Friday night. Gus Malzahn and UCF, uh, a favorites over Georgia Tech. Uh, over under, and this one is sixty seven and a half. Yowzas. Tom, what are we doing with this one? Uh, UCF. Just, um, I mean, Georgia Tech's run defense has been very, very bad this year. And UCF, Gus teams can run the ball pretty effectively. They usually, you know, they're not overly complicated, but they do a good job of figuring out what they want to do and getting holes and, you know, breaking big runs. So, yeah, UCF, I think. It's just – it's not a great matchup for Tech. But at the same time, it's not like UCF's defense is incredible. And Georgia Tech on offense, it's it's up and down. Like, it has good moments and bad. Sometimes it has good quarters and bad quarters, and sometimes it's just good games and bad games. So there's a chance that the Yellow Jackets are going to go off and put up a bunch of points in this one. But there's also a chance they just don't show up because we've seen that plenty of times. So – I, I just have more confidence in the Knights. Not a, not a ton, but more. I am backing ACC teams throughout, by Let's the way. Go. Chip Let's on the shoulder. Go. Oh, somebody snub. feels guilty. Everyone's fired up. <laughs> Brent Key, first time Georgia Tech's been bowling since 2018. Let's go. By the way, UCF, I know it's a six-win team. Three of their wins were against Kent State, Boise State, and Villanova. They did have the Oklahoma State game. That was an outlier. Like, that was such an outlier for both of those teams. I like Georgia Tech in this one. I like them to win the game outright, okay. too. Let's oh, go. yeah. Straight up. My boy Chris Wanky, some love. Shout Hoping out to those quarterbacks. I honestly, I, I, both teams have really important players out on defense. So 
Um, if I had to bet something here, it's like a 1% edge to the over. Um, you know, I, I just, both teams will, will push tempo. It's kind of weird betting over because they, they're both pretty run heavy, but they, they, they kind of run to hit explosives. And I, I, I could see that working. John Rice Plumley's last game at UCF. Obviously, we should have decent weather for this. Last time I checked, right? But I haven't checked in a couple of days because, again, I, I wasn't planning on betting this because it's such a small edge. Um, but I, I, I could see a game played in the 70s here. Um, I don't know. You have a whole lot of defense played. UCF has like a bunch of DBs who are important who are out. Um, Georgia Tech has lost some of its best defensive players to the portal. So, And Georgia um, Tech has not lost uh, any of its top offensive skill players to the right. portal. Exactly. Yeah. Also, like UCF it. had some hard luck losses this year. I mean, like a one point loss to UC or to Texas Tech. They had a couple more that were pretty close. Like I, I don't, I, I think UCF's a better team than Georgia Tech is. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm not markedly sure, but that's just because Georgia Tech's ceiling and floor are like a football field apart from each other. Th- this is true. Yeah, they're they're a hard team to peg. Like, what, what's their true median? Yeah. Um, I like Georgia Tech. I like the over uh, in that one. We've got a big day on Saturday. Let's get it started with the Birmingham Bowl, uh, a.k.a. Interim Coach Bowl. That's right, because John Summerall went to Tulane, okay? And Troy already has hired its replacement in Gerard Parker. And Mike Elko went to Texas A&M. And Duke's already hired its replacement in Manny Diaz, we got some players into the portal, including Riley Leonard, Jordan Waters, Troy, a heavy favorite. DK, are we got are we back in the ACC chip on the shoulder Hell, in this one? Yes, we are. Let's go. Grayson Loftus got better and better and better and better in his four starts. That's four betters. I think this is one of those ones where the 15 practices help his development. I don't know if I'll go out in the money line. But I will take those seven and a half points all day long for the Duke Blue Devils. I mean, these games are so hard to project. They really are. Can you shut down Kamani Vidal if you're Duke? Uh, their thousand-yard rusher. That's something to keep an eye on. I think both of these teams, though, playing like I, I do. You have to go look at the depth. I would hope, although maybe it's not with a lot of hope, that Duke has better depth than Troy. Um, but we shall see. Under yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what's the total in this thing? Like 44 and a half. 44 and a half. Yeah, under. Yeah. I mean Nin- 19 to 16 right here. Yeah, the best skill play because I do think that Duke is to even if Mike Elko was gone, that is a well coached defense. Either they're they're gonna be sound, they're not gonna be able to hit a lot of explosive plays. And I also, I mean Vidal's good, fun. but Vidal's good, but what about Troy's offense scares you in any way? Other than him? Yeah, like they're, they're going to run the ball a lot. Okay. Yeah. Bud, what do we got here? I like Troy. Um, I, I think Duke's without a bunch of their most important players. Uh, Troy has far fewer losses. Uh, I mean, is either team super like pumped to play this game? I don't know. I would assume Troy's more pumped because it is an opportunity to play a power five football team. Uh, I mean, Duke's got a lot of really important guys out for this and they may have more who haven't been announced yet, by the way, like we'll see how many, how many additional players for Duke actually play. 
I saw Graham Barton's going to the draft, one of their best offensive linemen. They have another offensive lineman out. Two of their best defensive linemen are out. Got a couple existing guys in the portal. Um, You know, I'll lay it with Troy. I I think they'll be the more athletic team. All right. RJ Oben, my old teammate, Roman Oben's son, leaving to Notre Dame from Duke's defensive line. Yeah, like the guys they're losing are like real dudes who are going to places yeah. like places right. like the NFL or it's like other Power Five teams. Right. I'm just stunned that we put Duke in a place where they're not happy to be in a certain bowl. Like, I mean, that's pretty wild. That statement in itself is kind of crazy. Well, but I mean, like Elko had him believing that they were like the best team in the conference. Like he right. he inspired incredible belief in that team. Like they yep. they thought they were going to beat Florida State. They played Riley Leonard in that game. Like that that's a pretty big fall. They had a lead in the third quarter. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Like they were playing really well and playing hard. And to, you know, to what they lose for their final six. Yeah. End up in Birmingham cold around Christmas. Yeah. Man, we nearly put a team that was losing to Duke in the playoff. Hey, fifth spot university. It's all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was, At least we didn't need a fourth and 31 to beat them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we, we already been mentioning the money lines a couple times a reminder that coming up at the end of the show uh, we will be looking to come roaring back with our bowl season money line sprinkles uh, Danny 0-1 Chip 0-1 Tom 0-2 Bud 0-1 no <laughs> good week on last week's money line sprinkles so uh, we'll be sure to, uh, to to find some winners for you that'll be coming up at the end of the show coming up on the other side we keep it rocking and rolling with Saturday's bowl action with the Camellia Bowl, Armed Forces Bowl, James Madison Air Force, uh, all the way Utah, Northwestern, Kansas UNLV, and so much more. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, rocking and rolling through our next edition of Bonanza. 12 games to get through, so we are roaring. All right, Camellia Bowl, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, Red Wolves, a slight favorite. Uh, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, over under of 53 and a half. I mean, all right, so here's, this is, let me let's see if I can place the go mode. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually it. All right. And now on Saturday, it's the Camellia Bowl between Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> 
I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right. You so know, this- for this game, like, if you don't follow him on Twitter, Stats of War, like, the he puts out those graphics every week that are just kind of like, you know, statistical breakdowns, like advanced stats, just to give you a matchup idea. Now, obviously, for the bowl games, you can't really use them because they're based on these teams at full strength. But what's hilarious is when you look at the one for Arkansas State and Northern Illinois, the whole thing is just red. And red <laughs> is not good. Like, red is, like, bottom tier at all these stats. It's like there's a couple blues and whites, but, like, especially on the Arkansas State side, it's just red, 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 blood red. So, uh, Arkansas State, take the point. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think Northern Ontario Illinois. Ontario Brown. Runs all over yeah. Arkansas State's defense. Their their run defense isn't very good. Yeah, he's got he's averaging over six yards per carry. I think that continues. So give me Northern Illinois. Yeah, and they'll yeah. be happy to just the Huskies will be happy to just run the ball eighty percent of the time in this game. Right. Like they have absolutely no qualms about doing that. They are very comfortable doing that. And I think that's exactly what you're going to see until Arkansas State actually shows they can stop the run game. Northern Illinois is not going to try to do anything else. So. Yeah, I would probably go the Huskies here. Are they fired up to play this? North Carolina? Yeah. Really? yeah. I mean, dude, the, the body language in that game against Kent State was was not good. Like they 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 won the game, but they basically no showed that game. Like I, I'm I don't know. Uh at, after watching what I saw from that football team. Mm. Try to tell so, me that the Northern Illinois Huskies aren't excited about heading down to Mobile, Alabama. To break some red wolf ass. Come on now. <laughs> hey, they hey, started man. one and four, bounce back strong, a little momentum play here at back end, you know? And this no, is Montgomery. Hey, not Mobile, but Mo- Montgomery. Oh, sorry, Montgomery. I thought, well, what game's in Mobile? Senior uh, Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a bowl game in Mobile, there isn't is. there? Yes, there is a, uh, there is one. I forget. I think I called it one year. <laughs> isn't it one of the, I know. Which I'm one. pretty uh, sure there is. I don't, maybe there's not anymore. Maybe it's no longer there. But anyways, Northern Illinois. Oh, it's uh, it's coming up. It's the 68 Ventures Bowl. There we go. They changed the name. Yeah. Um. I so <clears throat> Arkansas State has six wins and six losses. In six wins, they average 45.8 points per game. In those mm-hmm. wins. In six losses, they averaged 9.7 points per game across those six losses. They either get what they want offensively and fill it up. And some of that is skewed. They put a 70-burger on Texas State, and I think they their FCS win was pretty high scoring as well. But still, you know, putting up 35, 40 points in those other four wins and then just can't do anything. Is, is it more likely that Northern Illinois' defense and general approach to the game has Arkansas State frustrated and they aren't able to get into a rhythm? Is that Very kind of possible. the way we're probably reading this? Yeah. I mean, it's this is just going to be – this is a good game to live bet because it'll probably come down to which team dictates the pace, and you'll have a pretty good idea of how that's going in the first quarter. James Madison, uh, of course, lost Kurt Signetti to Indiana. Uh, it already has its next head coach with Bob Chesney coming over to take over the program. Uh, Air Force, a little bit of a disappointing finish to the season – after what was a fantastic start, we've got uh, the Dukes as a short favorite in an interesting situation. And if if this has changed or if I've, I've misread it, please let me know. But 
We've got all these James Madison players in the transfer portal, quarterback Jordan McLeod among them, but McLeod and many others are playing. That they are going into this game, which is going to be, you know, the, an ABC 330, you know, Saturday bowl game performance. I mean, shoot, this this looks like a, I'm trying to put it on tape kind of game for a lot of, for JMU. Am I, am I reading that wrong? I'm with you. Yeah, I think they're playing. They're showing up. I mean, remember the whole game day when they wanted to go bowling, let us play. They get a bowl game. I know it's not a top-tier one, but there's a list of 10 players, I think, that are allowed to play even though they're in the portal. Yeah. So I think they want to come finish what they started. <clears throat> yeah, but <laughs> like, sure. there's, there's a chance that James Madison wants to come play. We can read into that. But we know Air Force wants to come play. The Service Academy is not going to a bowl game and taking it off. They're, they want to be there. So I like Air Force here. I just think that James Madison, you lost your head coach, and yes, you've got guys playing, but they're in the portal. And we saw, like in the uh, game the other night between Marshall and uh, UTSA, Rasheen Ali plays the first half, 95 yards. What happened in the second half? Didn't play. Now, apparently it was a coach's decision, not his, but could see a similar situation where it's like, all right, well, guys, thanks for showing us you still care, but let's let's worry about you and your future instead here. Let's get some new guys. They'll still be here next year, some snaps and some experience. I think last year it was this exact bowl game when Air Force kicked Baylor in the teeth. Yeah. Does Air Force is right? showing up. Yeah. Bud, what's your uh, James Madison Air Force read? Uh, I like Air Force here. I, I think Air Force has better players than JMU does, and I, I think they'll they'll play well. Is Larry or playing? I don't know for sure. Hey, I'm not trusting Troy know. Calhoun for yeah. anything. That guy is. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. he, he has been That's true. sketchy with all of his uh, availability and injury reports all through the season. Because when he got hurt was when their season kind of got derailed. Mm-hmm. You know, but he kept. But playing. I did see he's trying to return to uh, practice for the bowl game. Got it. Uh, so that's at three thirty p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Again, like two games in the twelve o'clock window: Troy Duke and Arkansas State, Illinois. A couple games in the three thirty window: James Madison Air Force on one, and then on the other we have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl between Georgia State and Utah State. Uh, the roller coaster ride that is the Utah State football experience has the Aggies as a two and a half point favorite over under a fifty nine and a half. Bud, uh, how are you attacking this one? Um, I'm not attacking this one at all, really. I, I thought Utah State was the play when they were an underdog. I I, I think um, – oh, shoot. The, the one quarterback for Utah State is likely to play here. Who are they got? Uh, Kyle Hillstead or – No, I don't like Hillstead. Levi but, Williams. Um, yeah, Levi. Any, anybody but Hillstead uh, would, would be uh, the, the play. If I knew it was Hillstead, I'd probably best in Georgia State uh, or under. But um, I think – this number's moved a lot. It feels like it, like it's priced well. I don't really have much here. I think Levi Williams joined the Navy SEALs, didn't he? I don't know if he's playing. One of them did, yeah. But could I? I don't, is he going to leave or is he going to finish what he started? I don't know. It depends when Navy SEALs training starts because that's what he's doing. I, I remember, he's, like he, I see he's I see he's at practice, geared up for Georgia State. Running I some mean, dark ops. Man, I might have to switch my pick because I did like I did like. Uh, Georgia State, but man. Well, no, Marcus Carroll's not playing, right? Like, their top running back, top wide receiver. I mean, the Georgia State offense is uh, 
has been portal affected mm-hmm. in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, I would take Utah State or the under. And it's also Utah State playing on Boise's field. Oh, so, you know, the familiarity. like Familiarity. Well, yeah, but Georgia State wears blue. Yeah, but so, we're asking these boys. won't be able to see their receivers. No, yeah. you won't. They get lost. Um, we're, we're asking these boys from Atlanta to get out there. 42 degrees, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe an saying, under. You're saying Atlanta's soft, Chip? Are you, are you calling Atlanta a soft city here on the podcast? <laughs> no, I'm saying that um, on December 23rd, Boise's weather is unseasonable. Mm-hmm. Can we get a graphic on that? Atlanta is soft, Chip Patterson. We have me versus the whole city. Let's see how that goes. Chip will kick their ass. All right, so that's in the afternoon window. Then the aforementioned 68 Ventures Bowl kicks off at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We got 6-6 South Alabama against 6-6 Eastern Michigan. A good golly! 17-point favorite. The South Alabama Jaguars. Home team. Also, Eastern Michigan's bad. I mean, this is bananas. Like, we, you, you get used to seeing certain spreads for bowl games, right? Mm-hmm. Two, six and a half, maybe even up to seven and a half or eight. So, is that too many daggone points? I don't think so, no. Okay. I, I think South, I mean, again, it's a bowl game, but... I would take South Alabama here. I think they're a better team than their record suggests, and I think Eastern Michigan is a worse team than its record suggests. So I think the spread is pretty pretty accurate. So I would rather have on South Alabama here. Really? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a blowout. Like we haven't – like there's, you know, there's been a couple close games, but a lot of these games are blowouts, and I think yeah. this could be one. I mean, one team was up 28 to nothing. <laughs> blowout. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Danny, what are you doing with this one? Uh, I'm watching out for Ike Idungu, the backup quarterback for Eastern Michigan, filling in for Austin Smith. More of a runner, which they haven't seen yet. He could extend some drives, keep some plays alive. Give me all them points. Let's go. Eastern lost a lot of its best players, started south. I don't know what to do with this. It it feels... (laughs) I mean, I, I want big edges to bet bowl games, and I just – I mean, what can I make this? Like 21 and a half max, and, and I, I don't. Um, is the quarterback for South healthy and going to play? Like, I, I assume he's playing, but, like, is he Carter actually Bradley? healthy? Yeah, he, yeah. Hasn't looked, he hasn't looked healthy in a couple of months or a couple of weeks. You guys are missing the obvious edge. It's under. Okay? It's – I mean, how, how many points is Eastern Michigan going to score? 37. Nope. <laughs> I, that's not happening. Oh, okay. If Eastern Michigan scores 37 points, I will invest in an Eastern Michigan hoodie and hat and wear it on this podcast. Congrats, All right, hold, on. hold on. I'm writing that down. I don't want to forget. Yeah, if right? Eastern Michigan scores. If Eastern Michigan scores 37 points on South Alabama, you'll catch me head to waist an emu green <laughs> on an upcoming Chat. edition of the podcast. Our tailgaters, you're smarter than we are. I'm relying on you to remember this. What are they going to do without their gray field? Don't they play in the gray field? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They've got no idea what's happening. They're going to be so lost out there. They're going to be terrified. <laughs> They're going to need sunglasses because everything's so them. vivid. The coloring is so vivid. They're going to need off to wear visors. 
You know, was um, that one movie where it went from black and white to color? What was, what was <laughs> oh, Reese Witherspoon was in it. Somebody. Who, wait, Smallville? I thought that was La La Land. <laughs> no, no, there's like Smallville or something. Oh, yeah, I, that's that's what it's gonna be like for Eastern Michigan. They're gonna go from black and white television to color, and they're just their brains are gonna explode. <laughs> oh, awesome. uh, I, I like Jordan says, uh, Chip, you already know. Chip, you already know they will get a pick six with two minutes left to lose by 10 instead of 17, and they will score 38. Yeah, definitely now. Let's go. Uh, Also in that evening window, while I'm dialed in to uh, South Alabama, Eastern Michigan, we got Utah and Northwestern. Who plays quarterback for Utah? Cam Rising. I saw Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson in the transfer portal. Bryson Barnes. He's staying. He's. He's I mean, he's transferring, but he's going to play in the game, last I heard. All right. And then... Uh, Northwestern. Not, ex- I mean, we're expecting them to trot out the same, mm-hmm. same group that beat Maryland. Mm-hmm. Northwestern. Northwestern plus six, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Utah's going to play, but Utah's also missing. Like Sione Vaki's gone. Uh, who else is not Sione Vaki? Who's the safety that was playing running back for them too? Oh, it's for those listening. By the way, the uh, the. It's Pleasantville, not Smallville. Smallville was the, the Superman CW show. But yeah, you're right. You you were on it. Your brain. There's a ville of some kind. Louisville, Pleasantville, Smallville. They're all the same. Yeah. Utah, Northwestern, and Las Vegas. Who handles it better? Uh, I'm going to say Northwestern. Yeah. Like you get Mormons in Vegas. And it's like what? typically, you know, when you're very, very conservative and then you go to the place where, you know, you, you kind of lose it. You don't really know how to control yourselves. Whereas Northwestern's a little more, you know, big city life. They're not, they're not going to be as blown away by it. Utah's eight and three against the spread versus unranked opponents. I like Utah. I think they're a better team. I love the story of uh, Northwestern. Love what David Braun did. The jump was phenomenal. I just think Utah's a better team. More depth. This totals at 41 and a half. Now we're under the good stuff. I I would, yeah, if I had to, I would bet some under there. Um, under makes sense. Although Utah's quarterback, I think, is playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Barnes is expected to play. Yeah. They're not on the fifth string walk on anymore. I, <laughs> my computer's not working, so I don't have my big my big sheet in front of me. I'm just trying to go off memory on all this. Uh, you're, you're powering through, bud. You're, really, you're yeah. just, just a real trooper. Can we get At to least- Bikini? Can we get to Bikini Gate? Can we just get to that game? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now, <laughs> 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State in the Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu. San Jose State, a 10-point favor over under a 51-and-a-half. And that 10 points does not accurately reflect how physically fit Tim Beck looks with his shirt off. Seriously. Look great. Wrong? He I looks mean, awesome. The poor, the poor dance team. Getting raked over the coals through this one. I think the shots rally around the dance team and Tim Beck topless nips out and everything. Give me the shots and those 10 points. Let's go. What a controversy about nothing. What a dumb controversy. I mean, they're also, in Hawaii. What do you want them to do? They're at the bowl on the beach. What are they supposed to cover up and put on yes, robes? Yes. Oh my goodness. So some damn decency. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, like I, I have. I'm covering this game. I'm, 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 it's, it's all mine. My beautiful Hawaii Bowl. Like, there's. I feel like there's been too much of a reaction to Grayson McCall not playing and making it too much of a sit. Because like, 
the shots backups have played plenty of already this year because Grayson calls back up and they played pretty well. Like, I don't know if it's a huge drop off or if it really is a drop off for the Chanticleers offense. So, yeah, you're going to give me 10 points. I'll give it to me. I'll take the shots. Yeah, I, I was riding Coastal in the backup quarterback situation for a little while later in the year. They even got down to their third string and won football games. I mean, they, they, they I, I'm, I'm all about it. I'll, Number I'll one wide out, Pickney's plan, right? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing. I think so. Mm-hmm. Although I am seeing, this is the longest list I've seen of any team. I haven't got to Florida State, Georgia yet, but 22 players in the portal for Coastal. Mm. I'll, I'll give you the 10. I'll, I'll, I'll take San Jose. Yeah. I, I, I think you got a lot of players on San Jose who have uh, ties to the island, right? And I think will be motivated to play play hard at home and show out in front of their families. Or distracted mm. by being possible with their families. See? Again, yeah. the strongest takeaway. Bowl season right there. Like, yeah. it, it could be this. It could be that. It could be this. It could be that. It's they're been an insane, really insane bowl season. Yeah, yeah, they're either really motivated or distracted. Yeah. You know? I mean, I like – Bowl, I just I'm starting to hate bowl season more and more just because like it's just so annoying. But I mean, Western is playing Helton's son, who's terrible, over this kid who went in the portal because they wanted to move him to tight end, and he comes in and throws for like like the, the guy that they wanted to move to tight end yep. comes in and throws for 400 yards. See, like, bud, you hate it because you care about being right. If you can well, rid yourself of that desire and be like, <laughs> who cares if I'm, I'm right or not? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not following. Like, I'm not following to not make money. Like, I, I don't, I don't watch flipping coins on TV. Although I have you lost profit. Uh, yeah, profit. I watch Marble Race. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I watch the NFL. It's the same thing. That's cool. Yeah. That, yeah. The that NFL that is on the NFL. Yeah. That's coin flips. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go. We got three games from so that's uh, the end of Saturday the twenty third. Uh, no games on Sunday the twenty fourth. No games on uh, the twenty fifth. Merry Christmas to all. And then we come back on the twenty sixth. Let's go ahead and get these picks. We will be joining you at eleven a.m. on the twenty sixth. But uh, just early reads on these ones: uh, Bowling Green, Minnesota, Minnesota three and a half point favorite in the uh, Quick Lane Bowl. Uh-huh. I saw a report that uh that Minnesota had to pay their quarterback 30k to come back. That yeah. did you this guys see this? Kramer kid? Yeah. So he Just already had a, had a quarterback? Yeah, so they had a house already li- I I forgot where I read this and this is apologies on my part, but maybe somebody can source this from the chat. He already had a house for his fiance or with his fiance bought in like Arizona or somewhere in the southwest. And was planning on just moving on and going to live and uh, and like start his career and stuff. And they're like, "Hey, like here's 30k for housewarming. You can come in and play this game." Oh, they just need him for one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like that's I read that. Money. I read that. I hope it's true. Um, but still, awesome. Minnesota, right? Congrats. Mm-hmm. Home ownership is expensive. He's claiming okay. it's not. He was asked about it. He said, I saw the post and the articles, and no, that's not true. It's IRS will be asking about it. So they're, they're like, no. Right. That's I like NFL money. All right. In the game. So uh, still Minnesota, though, right? PJ yeah. Fletcher Ford Field. Come yeah, on. I just, okay. it's, yeah, I just don't know how excited or whatever. I mean, they're five and seven. Like, 
I don't know if everybody on that team is super thrilled that they're playing in this game. There's such a difference, even the level of roster. Yeah, but Minnesota's, yeah, I guess. I don't, I'm not betting it. Okay, that's at uh, 2 p.m. Then at 5.30, we got Texas State against Rice. Over? Uh, I like okay, Rice here, family. man. Lighten it up. You like Rice? Rice has zero opt-outs. They, they've been they've been trying to make a bowl for years, man. I I, I think Rice will, will really care about this. Is JT Daniels playing though, or is he? No. I know he announced he's going to medically retire, but does that include AJ Paget? Okay, well, Padgett, I saw Paget before. He's not. Yeah, he started his fourth straight game. Yeah, yeah. Didn't and Paget also played last year in the bowl game against? I think so. They played, was it Southern Miss last year? They played. It was a shootout for a while, and then somebody blew him out. I remember because I, I bet against him in the bowl game, and, it, and it, I was sweating it for a while last year. And then, and most importantly, he has a McCaffrey to throw to Luke True. McCaffrey. Yeah. He's he's 12, uh, 12 receiving touchdowns, seventh most in the FBS for Luke McCaffrey. It, it was Southern Miss because Frank Gore ended up going nuts. That that was the hold on uh, anti game, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the post game, remember that. Yes, 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 Frank. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Chill, Auntie. Damn. Yeah, there we go. Right. <laughs> trying to ju- jump in his post game interview. <laughs> oh my! Brickman gosh. McStud's in the chat with an excellent point. Bowling Green beat Minnesota a few years ago. <laughs> Must take it into consideration. Revenge game. There you go. Like you've got serious history, but you've also got revenge game. Uh, and then Tuesday night, nine p.m. out at Chase Field. Kansas and UNLV. Kansas is 12 and a half point favor over under 64 and a half. Kansas. Ooh. I'm with you. Okay. Jason Bean has been pretty solid filling in. I trust the culture of Kansas. Lance Ipold have his boys ready to go. We were trying to pick players who might be recognizable, and I think out of the 12 games we picked, Jason Bean is one of the most recognizable players from these teams who is actually playing in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these bowl games, like remember when the Patriots were playing and they didn't have a player, they put Belichick's face up there to promote the game? Yes. Some of these bowl games, like you can't even put the coach on there. Right. Who's that dude? Right. Put the mascot. The mascot never leaves. That's right. Although some of us can't Unless it's offensive. (laughs) (sighs) Just a big letter I. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. And as we have reached to the end of uh, this episode of Bonanza, it's important to remind you that this Moneyline Sprinkles segment has been brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, make every moment more. To review what we had in Bonanza Part 1, Danny got Miami, Ohio, plus 210, did not cash. Chip was on Boise State, plus 175, let it halftime, did not cash. Tom was also on Miami, Ohio, and added some Cal. Texas Tech won those. He's got two L's in the column. Bud also on Cal. So, Danny, what are going to be our money line sprinkles for Bonanza Part 2 as we look to come roaring back? I would love to go all ACC teams, but I told you when we talked about it, I will take UCF. All right. Uh, plus 180. Uh, excuse me, I will take Georgia Tech plus 180 to beat uh, UCF. And then I like the last one. Bud was just talking about it. Rice, 
I love uh, what he just pointed out. I think AJ Padgett, I don't think there's much drop off. Uh, so I'll take the Rice Owls at plus 185 to uh, to win their game against GJ Kinney. All right. State. Tom, where are we going? Uh, I will start with Northern Illinois plus 135. And then I'm going to finish, you know, going with the bikini team. Give me Coastal plus 305. Or actually, wow. like, there's a 320 out there. Coastal plus 320. How can I say no? All right, I am also on Coastal, but my first one is going to be starting tonight. Uh, give me the Bulls at plus 138, available at FanDuel Sportsbook as we're recording right now. Uh, and I am also going to be on Coastal Carolina in the Hawaii Bowl uh, with uh, with Tom as well. All right, bud, where are we going? Air Force and Rice. Air Force and Rice. So you are also getting in on that Rice plus 185 and a little Air Force plus 102. I like it. So to review with our money line sprinkles, Danny is on Georgia Tech and Rice. Chip is on USF and Coastal. Tom is on Northern Illinois and Coastal. And Bud is on Air Force and Rice. And this Moneyline Sprinkle segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, boys. That's another Bull Nanza episode. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody in the Cover 3 tailgate and everybody listening yeah. at home. Tom, Danny, Bud, Merry Christmas to you all. Um, I hope that the except weekend, Bill except Bill Hancock, <laughs> no, yep. no coal, lumps of coal, um, exactly. and lumps of coal and the um, kebab emoji. Just it's just yeah. a bunch of the kebabs in there. Yeah, or that's a bag of get. poop that's lit on fire at his doorstep. That's not fair. I kid. I kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, we are going to be back with you on that the 26th for the next round of bowl games. Uh, we've And it's just going to be fast and furious. So we come back on the 26th. We've got another 12-game set. Then on the 27th, that Wednesday, we've got seven games. Basically, uh, the rest of the New Year's Six, the rest of uh, the big New Year's adjacent games. Then Thursday, the 28th, will be our official college football playoff preview and college football playoff locks. We'll, of course, not be ignoring any of the news that happens to pop between then and now, uh, including that within the shows as well. But uh, it is pretty much bonanza between now and the college football playoffs. So uh, we hope that you ride along with us. We are excited uh, to take it all in and break it down. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Canell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see ya. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 